Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. All right, everyone. I have two of my favorite guests back again, Jen Germain and Alex Persglove. This is turning into a regular segment, I think. Um, and I am all for that if y'all want to just book that every uh, every couple months. We're talking today about visionary leadership and what that means in the context of being a visionary leader and how that feels to each of us on the inside, really shining a light on that inner world of, of, you know, how do we experience visionary leadership? And then shining the light outside of how we see that in the scope of what we do. We each serve different types of clients in different ways. And what does it mean when we are guiding visionary leaders? Because visionaries are a special a special kind of person um, I've found over over the time being a visionary and working with visionaries. It takes a special hand um, to be the safe space for a visionary leader. So I would love for you two to reintroduce yourselves just a bit um, so the listeners can get used to your voices again. And Jen, go ahead, tell us who you are again and what you're working on. Oh, yeah. So Jen Germain, I'm actually, it's very interesting because I haven't even told you two about it, but I'm going through a massive rebrand and I'm launching um, the Fulfillment Foundation in a couple of weeks, which is actually a school of creativity and innovation for visionary founders and leaders and launching that platform has been something that's been in my vision and burning around and brewing in the background for years, actually. And if you know my background, I was in the legal industry, but I actually represented educational institutions for probably 10 years of my career. And the fact, and I've obviously had a lot of schooling because of my JD. And it just feels so good and nourishing to be building my own platform of education that I feel we never got. At, in regular school, like we weren't taught how to be innovative and curious and visionary. So that's what I'm working on, actually, that I'll be announcing to the world right now, I guess, but really on um, launching in a much bigger scale over the next couple of weeks. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for so sharing exciting. that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I, you know, I am such a supporter of anything that you put out into the world. And so it's, I, you know, this, the moment you mentioned the fulfillment exploratorium, you know, the very first little thing out into the world about this, I was on board already. So I'm so excited to hear more about that um, as we go through this hour. And Alex, tell us more about you. What's, what's going on and what's come up in your world recently? Yeah. So I am a business and success coach, uh, mostly specializing with women entrepreneurs, visionary, high-achieving spiritual women who have big dreams and know that they're also desiring to live with more passion and more impact and abundance and, and to live with fulfillment. So Jennifer and I have actually had some conversations about that recently and having this alignment of exploring fulfillment. And so Jen, I just got goosebumps as you shared that. I'm so excited to hear more about what you have coming up and, and how that's going to unfold. And for me, um, I think you both know that I actually just got back from a 10-day transformational retreat in Kenya, in Africa with the Wild Visionary Mastermind Group. And so that's been an incredible experience and really helped me get even more clarity around my vision and what's aligned for me and and what's coming up. So I'm continuing to also be creating in the background while running my retreats and private work and workshops and all the things I do, but I'm continuing to explore how to get even more aligned in what really fires me up and how I guide women and, and what I want to bring out to the world. 
Mm, yes, I cannot wait to hear. I've been following along. You can you can follow Alex on Facebook or Instagram. She's been sharing some about her trip to Kenya um, recently and just phenomenal, phenomenal. I cannot wait to hear more about that um, in this hour as well. And you all know me. I'm Hannah Chapman, CFP, founder of X Squared Wealth Planning and expansive CEO. And my my vision has always felt so big. And that's one of the things I want to touch on today as well is, is surrendering into the bigness. I think a lot of um a lot of visionaries, myself included, you know, will see something so big in the future. And we have these these dreams and ideas, and it can feel like the first time, so for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a little um, personal anecdote here. The first time that I had this like download of a vision of you know creating a company that's that's changing the way that the world sees and experiences prosperity, and you know with X squared specifically, it came through as this like you're going to be you know, managing the CEO of a company that's, you know, running $50 million a year in revenue and supporting thousands of families and thousands of clients. And that was like, that was big. And it felt a little bit at the time, like, whoa, how do I get there? How do I get there from where I am right now? And yet, like when people ask, like, what's your vision? I'm like, that's the vision. Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 20? I don't know. I don't know, but that's, that's what's being cast for me. Um, I don't even want to say for me, like that's, that's the vision that's flowing through me and what I have experienced over the last, especially the last like year and a half, I would say, um, is the steps, right? Like the not knowing the how, just surrendering to the next step, the next step that feels right and moving through each next right step that I know in my gut is the right next thing. And the the opportunities, the um, connections, the literally like the clients and the people who, you know, need to be in my world for whatever reason, like have just been dropping into place. Um because they were there all along, I think is part of the, uh, part of the secret sauce too. So for, I wanted to share that because I know, I know I have other, I have clients who are this way. Um, and a lot of my listeners who are visionary entrepreneurs, if your vision feels really, really big, that's for a reason. It's not, it's not by mistake. Um, and it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that it's right now or next year, but that it's asking you to take the steps, right? Take, find those aligned steps and take them um, as you move forward. So I would love to bounce it over to you, Jen, and just hear what you hear in that. Um, and yeah, how does your fulfillment collective start to fulfillment foundation. Is that it? Um, start to, it's brand new. It's brand new for me too. uh, start to address some of that. Yeah. And let's talk about vision. I love how your vision comes through you, Hannah. And I feel a ton of people can relate to how it is. And I'm going to explain how it comes through me because it actually comes through different than me. My vision doesn't feel necessarily like this huge vision that I know, like this is my end point. It arises in me over time where, and it did this in my law firm career and it's doing it now where I'll start to grow through something. And then I start to witness like a big weakness in society, in business, in people. And then it's like this pulsation in me that I'm just like, why doesn't everyone see this? Don't they see that if it was this thing that they could tweak, they could switch, they could fix or figure out that it would unlock everything they're looking for, for that bigger vision. And it actually is like this deep frustration of like, I wish they could just see it. I wish they could just see it. And that was the platform I spoke off of to get all my clients in the law firm. And it's here now where 
I was like, for me, once I unlocked my creativity in the law firm realm is when I did this, I created a completely different business model that I believe served myself and allowed me to tap into my deep levels of fulfillment, but it allowed clients to work with me in a way that I do not see other law firms doing. It created much more deeper relationships, connection and fulfillment for my clients as well. It's a win-win on both sides and my team. So a three-way win, let's say. And I think it was better for society. And it's the same pulse. I was like, if I could get more service providers, more professionals to unlock the creator inside of them, the innovator, the curiosity in them, not only do they create something that's deeply fulfilling from the, like a foundation of fulfillment within themselves, but it's the key to really unlocking the deeper connections with their clients, their team. And it's the birthing point of understanding what it is to hire amazing team members and be a curious leader to allow everyone to expand and evolve to a much higher state together. It's like you unlock everyone's unique genius together in the room instead of leading from a place of like telling or demanding of a team or setting expectations and the team has to rise up. I think that is putting people in silos instead of collectively working together to a much higher vision by tapping into everyone's unique genius. So that's what I see. And for me, I guess the vision is I always have to have some societal impact too. And for me, I feel like the world is in a state of divisiveness bigger than it's ever been before. And one of the reasons like we've got this cancer cancel culture, if you say one thing out of place, a lot of people can drop you. And the thing that I think underlines all of that is we're on, not unlocking our curiosity and wondering like, what's behind that person's reaction? What was behind that person saying that? Was it a misunderstanding? Is it education that they've never had before? What is it? And being curious and asking why and giving a person the benefit of the doubt to see like, why was that? stated. So I do believe in nourishing and bringing curiosity to leaders and teaching them that deep level of why and leaving space for others to actually explain more about who they are on a personal level, not a societal level. It brings more unity to society as a whole. So that's the bigger meaning that I always have behind my work and um, why I'm so passionate about doing what I do, which it feels like I'm doing it on such a small scale person to person. But I actually think that's what unlocks it deeper meaning of society. Mm. I want to, I want to open up a little piece that I heard of, you know, unlocking like with a team, unlocking or allowing the space for your team members to unlock their genius as well. And to be in their zone of genius everywhere. And what, what I heard and the way that it like, um, the way that I pictured it was like, a move away from this industrialized version of worker bee, worker bee doing, you know, everyone, okay, this is your task. This is your task. You just stay in your lane, just do your task. And instead, like really not just bringing, I love that you are mentioning curiosity, not just bringing curiosity to, you know, everything. I think, I think we can all be more curious, but being allowing our employees allowing our collaborators to also bring their curiosity to unlock their genius, because then, like you said, it, it creates this, uh, yeah, this, this culture of this culture of support and innovation rather than I'm the leader, everyone do what I say and it will all work out. Right. Like that's a very different, it's just a totally different paradigm shift from what we've experienced in the workplace. Yes. And I think there's some people that have been leading this way, the innovators of the world that create very innovative companies. But I always say, if you could imagine it, it's like you literally are hiring, if you're the CEO of the company or a founder, you're hiring mini CEOs. And that's a different mindset than hiring an employee. Like if I'm hiring mini CEOs and a CEO, not only are they carrying the greater vision too, but they're also bringing ideas up. Like they're creating ideas all the time and it's not like they're staying in their lane because they were told to stay there. So it's like, I want somebody that's going to act like a little mini CEO everywhere throughout my company. So yeah, I think that's a good point, Hannah. Yeah. And Alex, what are you, what are you hearing? What are you taking from that? Well, the piece that really landed with me, and this is something I'm also incredibly 
interested in and passionate about is infusing the curiosity and seeking to understand over judging someone and writing someone off. And so, as you said that, Jen, about the cancel culture and, and seeing this um, opportunity to use curiosity and understand, you know, what's going on. And I think that's such an important part of leadership today. And when I think about people who are visionary leaders, I, I tend to relate to this as people who want to make a big impact, who want to have a significant or make a significant difference, right, through what they're doing, that they have a big, um, well, and actually, as I say big, that's all relative to, I know you talked about that, Hannah, and I think visionary leaders can have all different kinds of sizes of visions. And to me, I think of big vision doesn't always to me mean how many people you're going to impact or the size of your business or how big things are going to grow, but it's about the significance, the depth of the impact. Sometimes it's about deep impact. Sometimes it's about wide impact. So all of that um, to say, I believe no matter what size vision you have when you're a visionary leader, it's so important right now for our leaders to be operating without fear, judgment, and compassion. Because when you're looking to spread the significant impact to have a big mission and, and, and be involved in change, the greatest way to, to, um, to make the most change is for us to be locking arms, understanding each other, collaborating, working together over judgment and competition. Mm. So I really resonated with that, Jen, when you shared that. Thanks, Alex. I deeply resonate with that as well. And I always say, I remember years ago listening to a Tony Robbins seminar on like tape, Netflix, who knows where. And I remember somebody in the audience is like, you know, I'm going to be you. I want to be you. I'm going to be you. And it, Tony Robbins turned to him and he's like, perfect. He's like, you go ahead and try to be because by the time you get to where I'm at right now, I'm already off doing something else. So that in my mind, ever since I heard that, I was like, there is no competition. You can try to copy me. You can try to do exactly what I'm doing, but I'll already be off to, on to the next adventure. And it's like, that's the beauty of looking at it from a completely different lens of collaboration and us talking about fulfillment and visionaries and things of that nature. Well, absolutely. And not to mention too, there's so much opportunity. So even if I'm still doing what I'm doing when you start copying me, or if you copy me, there's so much opportunity. You can make your impact doing what I'm doing over here while I make mine doing mine right over here. So I, I love that because it's positions you to look at how there is so much opportunity, right? Let's support one another in all of us rising up. Yeah. I love, I love this aspect of the conversation because in my, in my industry in particular, right? In financial services, it is a we are brought up in a culture of competition and mm -hmm. it's everywhere. And I have taken a very strong stand since starting X squared that that's, I don't have competition and it's not because I, you know, it's not a, not a feeling of I'm better than someone else or, you know, whatever that can maybe trigger. It's, it's that we are so different. We are all so different. And when I work with the people who light me up and who transform in my presence, we are a match. And there are so many other wonderful financial advisors out there who are a match for other people, right? And so what I have found also in, in that space of, you know, collaboration over competition is that when I reach out, when I... um talk to other advisors, when I share my experience with them of starting a firm and everything that I've gone through and, you know, here's the marketing stuff that it's worked for, you know, wherever the conversation goes, when I, when I just give from a place of love and of wanting, like, if you are successful in this, then more people can be helped. That's the, that's, that's the place in my heart that, that is true. Cause yeah, someone who resonates with, you know, Jake over here, or Carolyn over here, they're not going to resonate with me. And that's, that's right. That's the right thing, right? It's like just allowing choice, allowing, allowing for people to, um, 
step forward into what what feels good for them who they're aligned with rather than you know thinking that a client for them is is a miss for me because it's just not true um so there's my soapbox uh <laughs> on financial advisors um yeah we don't we 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 can we can choose to view the world through a lens of competition or we can choose to view the world through a lens of collaboration and opportunity and i choose i choose collaboration and opportunity um and speaking of opportunity alex tell us about your opportunity to go to kenya um and what that yeah what that was like and even in the preparation because 10 days away uh, is a long time. And I know I'm getting ready to go to a retreat. I'll be out for five days and then I'm taking a few days off after. And even that, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot that goes into it emotionally uh, as well as physically you know, prepping, but like the feeling of being able to, okay, I can, things will be fine. Things will be, things will be good while I'm gone. And like, releasing that um as a visionary entrepreneur there's usually a lot of irons in the fire right so <laughs> tell yes, us yes absolutely and africa was really interesting for me in exploring who i am as a visionary and and what my or i'll say how my vision is unfolding and it definitely involved quite a lot of preparation i decided to go on this trip last summer and the biggest or hardest thing for me about the trip was leaving my daughter for 10, 11 days when she's was 19 months old when I went on my trip. And so leaving my husband and daughter was definitely a big decision. And this is something I, I talk about often when I talk about crafting your vision and, and curating your vision is that your vision is holistic. So often I'm talking to business owners and they always talk about their vision just for the business. And I like to open up and say, your vision is for your whole life. It's not just the vision for this one thing or this one aspect of your business, or you don't have a separate personal vision over here and then business vision over here. It all goes together because how you show up personally impacts how you show up professionally and vice versa. I mean, how you do anything is how you do everything. So I'm a believer in creating an integrated vision rather than focusing on trying to balance something over here and you know your family over here and business over here, I believe in making them integrate. And so I looked at this trip and had to really evaluate, is this in highest service to my entire vision? Is it in highest service to me, to my family, to this group I'm in, um, to my development, to my clients? And that's the place I really like to explore when I'm making these decisions is what's in highest service to all. And for me, I found that the amount of growth I would have on this trip and how it would impact me would absolutely be beneficial to my family, despite the short-term sadness of being gone. So that was a big part of my preparation was getting really clear about why I was doing this trip, my intentions for the trip. And I do believe in setting intentions rather than goals. Cause for me, I tend to get too attached to goals. And if as, you know, recovering high achiever personality type, if I don't hit a goal, I can beat myself up for it or feel like I, should have done more. So I like to instead set intentions and then surrender to whatever the experience has for you. And that's where I think Africa was so amazing for me because the, the strongest intention I set was to let go of doing and to just be, to be really present, to be present in the experience, to take as much advantage as I could of being in Africa, having this spaciousness, literally being half a world away from my life and getting to be with the animals and nature and God, spirit, myself, and connecting to the other amazing women there and, and slowing down and just being really present in this experience. And from that, it was amazing to see how when you get some of that spaciousness and really connect to yourself, how more of your vision comes through, more of your creativity comes through, more of your passion gets reignited. And I think that's one of the the lessons I've continued to learn and that I also guide my clients in is that that spaciousness is so important and letting go of the attachment to all the doing and the outcomes and the destination. You have to be so present in the journey and allow that spaciousness, allow that connection to yourself in order to really get clear on 
your vision and and what you desire and and letting it unfold. Mm. So there's so much I could say about the trip. I'm I I can't even like pick one story because there were just so many amazing things that happened um from you know game drives and getting to go see an urban slum to participating in a naming ceremony with um women from the Maasai tribe to being in an elephant orphanage. I mean, there were just so many amazing things about the trip I could go on and on about. But for me, I think just that the absolute biggest takeaway was um, the power of being present and connected to and trusting yourself. Jen, what would you like to? Well, I've got a question for Alex. Yeah. Was there a defining moment on your trip where your vision like lit up even more for you? or like trusting yourself switched? Was there anything there? I'm curious. That's a great question. So the funny thing, Jen, is that I was waiting for that kind of moment. I think I went into the trip. I knew that I've been in a little bit of um, re readjusting some things in my business and creating new programs. And so I went on this trip thinking, okay, I'm going to have a few days away and then I'll have you know, this experience on a game drive with an elephant or a lion, or I don't know, something will just poof happen. And I'll suddenly have this like drop in and more clarity in the vision. And it wasn't like that. It often doesn't occur how we think it will. Right. But it was actually um, towards the end of the experience when I started to wrestle a little bit with feeling like I should be doing more. I should be writing more content. I should be having these creative inspirations while I'm, while I'm there and I just continued to come back to be present, be present, be present in this experience, let it unfold. And so it was literally actually the flight home when I got to my layover in France at like six in the morning. And all of a sudden, I just started feeling these inspirations. And I started journaling about like my next workshops and what I really want to be talking about and what I'm all about in my next programs. And things just started flowing through. And I got the idea of sharing about my lessons while I was there on my social media for 21 days. And it was when, when I allowed myself to just really let go and trust that it would come, that it, it came after I had my experience of being present in the moment every day, which was actually the initial intention I had set. Hmm. Yeah. So now it started coming up on the, the flight home. I love that. I think from processing all of the experiences and I did, um, I journaled about my experiences and why they were meaningful for me. And that's when I started to get more of that inspiration. I love that. It made me, I'm always curious on other people's um, process of how like their divine inspiration comes through them or the moments when it comes through. Cause mine feels <clears throat> My goodness, nature's given me a little work over today. I will say it's beautiful outside, but it's just living in my throat. And I think this happened last time I was on a call. So bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> so um, what I was going to say is like, mine will feel like an infinity symbol. And you know how an infinity symbol gets like really expansive. And then it seems like it, the lines crash together in the mi middle. And then it gets really expansive on the other side. That's how I feel when like my clarity comes to me after moments where I crash. And by crash, I mean, I go super into emotions. I may feel deep anger or deep sadness or like this is never going to come together. And I allow myself to like, like live it, like be like, I'm at the bottom. And then mm. from there, it'll be like the next instant or it might be the next morning I wake up and it just downloads, it delivers. It's like, finally, you cleared the, yourself this space so we can fill you back up again with everything. And I've noticed this rhythm over time and I try to fight it and it's ugly. I'm like that artist, the like crazy artist, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, wow. And then all of a sudden comes out. So it's hilarious that I'm talking about innovation and that's where I'm going. Cause that's how it feels like to me is like, I have this big coming together and like trying to figure it out. And then this huge expansiveness right after. So I've started to watch that and allow myself to be like, enjoy the ride, like understand that it's going to dip and come back up and dip and come back up. And I feel like that's just us as individuals and living in this planet is that journey. But that's how I, 
I am so glad you shared that, Jen. I relate to that a lot of going into like an emotional down. And I think it's often for me when it's like when I run out of juice, but then I try to force and try to figure it all out. And it's like anytime I'm trying to figure it out to make it happen, to force it, it just never never pans out. It never ends up coming. And I think that's part of where I got to on my trip. When I mentioned, I reached that point of wrestling a little bit with feeling like I'm in this place. I should be writing more, making videos or creating while I'm here. And then as I started to force it, it, it didn't, it didn't come, but there was definitely emotional processing and, you know, things that came up on the trip, but I'll say outside of the trip that often happens for me, where I'll go into just like needing to let myself express needing to express the anger, the sadness, the emotion, let it all out. And then it clears for me doors to really tap more and more into my inspiration and my creativity. Thanks, Alex. Because Hannah, I think this gets back to what you originally said in the very beginning about surrender. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was, was going to mention that. I'm like, going to bring heard, you in. I've heard surrender a few wanna, times. <laughs> yeah. I do want to mention before I bring Hannah into this is what I've noticed is this can be very unnerving for my partner. Because he's just, and I've talked to him about it, but watching me feel it fully and be so not in my bold, powerful, like BA, like visionary status, but just to be in a full low. And I feel like this is what a true visionary lives through is the ups and the downs. That's how we become who we are, like the master creators that we are. Sometimes watching him go through that with me or having him witness me in those states hurts my heart a little bit because I was like, it's not yours, honey. Just let me go through it. And like having a partner, having to surrender into it with where I'm going, knowing that my creations on the other side it's tender at times for me. So I don't know, that's kind of going on this, but I wanted to note that because I think as visionaries, our partners and our families are deeply impacted by it. So Hannah, bring me into the surrender. What are you hearing? What's your little piece of this too? Yeah. So I love that the conversation went here. Um, I was in a mastermind weekend with, um, with a group that I'm, that I'm in. We do at once a quarter, we do three days uh, together. And, um, these are other just awesome humans, so tenderhearted and with big visions and absolutely brilliant. Such, it's such a good group. And what we were talking about, like our intention for that time was authentic expression and something that dropped in really profoundly for me was that the deeper we feel the more authentically we allow our feelings to be and to look at them and to feel them, that is where our authentic expression comes from. When we, when we allow ourselves to feel everything and, Mm -hmm. and be with it and then have the courage on the other side to articulate it, that is truly authentic expression. That's what it feels like for me. And it felt really powerful because I have also been going through a lot of like having things come up that hurt to look at. That, you know, things that that I have done that I don't, that I feel like, oh, I don't like, you know, my initial reaction is, oh, I don't like that about myself. Ooh, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't want to feel that. And then instead surrendering into it and allowing it to be there and asking what it, what is, what is it here to show me? And what I have, what I have literally experienced within the last, like probably four to six weeks, especially is these, these other pieces, these other pieces of like, Ooh, I didn't want to look at that before, or I'd looked at the surface of it and like, okay, good. I looked at that. Now let's go back up. No, let's, let's look at the whole thing. Let's look at it more deeply. Suddenly I am, I am feeling so much freer in my own expression, freer to say what's on my heart, freer to communicate with my husband about things that, you know, like, here's how I'm feeling more openly. Um, freer to communicate with people 
um, you know, my collaborators and my, my partners in business, how I'm truly feeling about something. And that is, that is an aspect of leadership. I think that we absolutely need more of in the world that, that ability to look inside and then express, right? Here's, here's what I am experiencing. Here's how I am feeling. What is that? What does that bring up for you? And allowing that to be, mm. um, yeah. So that's kind of what, that's what that was, uh, bringing up for me. There's a real element too, in what you're sharing, Hannah, of vulnerability. I'm hearing in leaders that are willing to be vulnerable. And I think, a huge piece of that is allowing all of you to be welcome. You said like, what am I actually thinking or feeling? And Jen, as you said that about your partner and them seeing you when you're not being your BA rockstar energy self and wanting that to be okay as well, right? And allowing all of you to, to be expressed and knowing, hey, hon, it's okay. You don't have to fix this right now, or, you know, just let me have this experience. And I know that was something I had struggled with for a while, whenever I would have my emotional processing or my downs with my partner or, or, um, or close friends, I'll say, I'd have this judgment come up of, oh, but you know, better, you know, better, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, you know, that everything will work out or, or, you know, the highest perspective of this. And I used to say to my husband, sometimes I would say like, this isn't really me. I'm, I'm having a down. I'm having my meltdown, but don't worry. This, this isn't really me. This, you know, who I really am is the, yeah, that rock star, like be a visionary self. And it took me a while to really come to see, oh no, that is me. That's me too. The me that has meltdowns or cries or goes into my little girl sometimes and needs her to be seen and comforted and supported. However, I'm, you know, feeling it's all okay. It's all welcome. And it's all me. And then sometimes there's the angry me too, or the me that has nasty thoughts and needs to, you know, like get that out <laughs> and let her anger and sassy side out. That's all me. And when I allow all of it to be expressed and, and allow myself to be vulnerable that way is when I open the doors for deeper intimacy, deeper connection and accessing more of my creativity and my passion because my my divine intuition, my divine self is all aspects of me. Truth, truth bomb being dropped by Alex. I believe that a hundred percent. And mm -hmm. it is, I rank my partnership a 10 out of 10. And it's just so exquisite. And it's because like we honor the fact that, and I think this is the best form of leadership too, is we're whole beings. We're like the infinity crashing in the middle. We all have that. And it impacts each other. We can't ignore the fact that it does impact the other person, even though we personally are going through something. It's just being able to hold space for ourselves as well as the other person when we're witnessing it or around it or energetically, you can feel it. I think even when it's not in the same room as you, like my mm -hmm. partner knows energetically if I'm going through something, even if I don't say one word to him or if he can't even see me, he knows. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah, I kind of love it. It seems like I used to always think it was like the hard part. And now I feel like it's the beauty of life is being able to hold containers with others in such a emotional, vulnerable, ooey gooey, messy part. It's like making cupcakes and throwing it all over the wall and still making something delicious, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's where real intimacy lives, right? And intimacy is the, is the juicy stuff. Yeah, well, I think creativity innovate like everything's born out of that like the mess you know like the crash course in life every everything beautiful is born from there we have to experience that mm. well that's actually reflective of how childbirth actually is yes <laughs> right it's very I mean, messy you, you have to, yeah you have to go through um the labor pains and you go through the mess and you birth something beautiful it's how creation actually occurs yeah, I like that analogy. Who right? That just popped into my head. Right? And it's That's so good. It's the whole thing is messy. It's the messy all the way through. Yep. 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 <laughs> Hannah knows. Oh, I know. Oh, I've been there. I, I do. Yeah. 
it's it's um but that the yeah that impetus of creation right that oh man that's another that's another part we'll have to talk about that sometime too that that uh gestational period right mm -hmm. the germination period of of creativity right like oh here's the spark and here's here's where it actually uh, all the stuff that's happening inside or underground or you know whatever the analogy is pin put a pin in that and brewing we're, we're, the brewing right? stages. oh man i can brew yeah right <laughs> and i what i wanted to share is that jen i feel like my well, and alex you you said it too like my process of it's so interesting when i get inspirational hits of things it it depends on what it is that's coming through um but it tends to happen all at once is what it what it looks like and i've experienced this several times where it's like it'll be like on a saturday or a weekend where i don't have anything on my calendar technically right and so that's it's like this this oh look there's spaciousness i'm going to give her all of this <laughs> like it's my my divine self is like here it is here's the thing and you're going to be furiously typing or you know whatever it's just like like researching finding the question like going through and and mapping things out really clearly um and what that's pointed me to recently is like oh because that's where i gave myself space mm. that's where the spaciousness is in my week and so that's when the inspiration is like feeling the room to come through and what i'm seeing in my in my own life right and preparing for this this time away and this this retreat and giving myself integration time after i've never blocked off that much time i've never blocked off like a full week where it was like nope like we're going to clear off everything uh, possible and just allow, allow that spaciousness. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens with that. And Alex, to your point, not to force it mm -hmm. at all, but just to see what happens when the space is created for that mm -hmm. and allow it to be. And if it ends up being like, I go lay outside in the sun, you know, and not get sunburned because I'm very pale. Um, if that's what it ends up being, then so be it. Right. And the inspiration will come later. But it's very interesting that, that I've noticed that pattern in myself, that the inspiration comes when I have space, when I give, mm -hmm. when I give myself space. I agree a hundred percent. I think creativity is directly correlated to the amount of spaciousness we give ourselves. And I will bring this in. It's not just spaciousness, like in schedule, that's the key to the beginning, but it's spaciousness in your mind. Like you have to know how to clear your mind to be able to access true innovation and creativity. And mine comes through at different moments and I brew and then it'll make sense. But as I'm refining something and the more I refine it to like a launch or it's ripe, It'll sometimes take it away and bring it back, take it away and bring it back. But it, I get worked. The closer I come to something, like it'll work me, it'll double down and work me extra hard to be like, we're going to get this so refined in that this is going to be exactly what it should be. And I'm going to work you until it gets there. So it's like, I like deadlines and stuff is very, um, loose in my world because of this, because I know I get worked so hard on a creation until it's really ready to be launched. And then I'll just know it's like done. What'd you say? Yeah. That's how it feels. It's like go time. And before it'll be like, Oh, it's go time. And it's already. And then it'll take it away. And then it'll like keep doing that looping and looping and I'll crash and come up. And then it's like, go. And I'll just know it whole body. And it's like, all right, pony up. It's like a roller coaster where I'm not exactly sure when it's going to end, but it's been fascinating to watch come through. Mm. Mm. Tell me, tell me what you mean by, uh, or give me an example. So people, people listening can, can see that in themselves. And if that happens mm -hmm. to be their process too, what is being worked mean? Do you, is that the emotional aspect? Is that the physical aspect? Yeah. What does that mean? for you? 
Yeah, it might. Um... I mean, it be, might be a crashing or it's like, why? Like the feeling I had earlier this week is like, why can that, this not be out already? This has to be done. This has to be out. Money stories of play in the background, really hardcore. Like you're running out of time. You're ruining everything. It's kind of, from my mind goes to this implosion of everything's burning down because of you and because of your inability to get this done or somehow you've done something like the way you're working through this is wrong. So it's all starts at sorts of stories that'll come through and I'll try to push through it and like, get it like this puppy's going out. It's right. And then when I crash and burn is like, let's go out. What's wrong? And I'll feel sick. So it's usually, I don't sleep. The next thing is I'll get a really upset stomach. I'll get really sick the next day. So I've got to process like my body will work me. My emotionally I'll be worked. My sleep will completely go down the drain. Um, and I'll likely end up feeling really sick and I'll get nauseous feeling. And then the next day something will come out and it'll like add all these pieces together in a completely different way. And it's just like, oh, I understand why you're working me. I understand now. I see it. I comprehend what was going on behind the scenes that I couldn't comprehend two days ago or a week ago. It's much faster now, but it is this weird um, implosion feeling inside of me where it just kind of goes off and then something new and it's refined and it's just like, oh, this all makes sense. And like I said, all of a sudden something will drop and it's ready. It's like, I fully was like, it's ready now. Thank you. I, so I don't know how yeah, else to say yeah. that, but it's like a feeling in my body that drives me. And all of a sudden I was like, it's done. It's complete. Move on to the next thing. I think, I think it's the, the recognition of the stories. I think that's the piece that for, for anyone else listening, right? Like that it's like, if that's not your, if that's not your norm, right? If normally like, I'm normally a positive person, Alex, you said it too. This isn't me. When I'm, when I'm acting out this way, this is not me. Oh, wait, that is you. <laughs> that, that is a piece. Something is, something is happening. Right. And to be, to kind of start wrapping it into a bow, to be curious about the money stories that are coming up about, yeah, you know, the, the self-sabotaging or, you know, I, you're doing it wrong stories that are coming up, whatever it is, that's like, causing, you know, those waves for me, sometimes it feels like waves of, um, waves of activation, right. Of like burning in my chest or, or feeling knots in my stomach. Like I'll start to feel that too, like super sweaty armpits, all the stuff. <laughs> it's great. Um, but the stories, the stories will start to run in my mind too. And then it's, it's a practice, right. Of being curious, bringing it all back to curiosity. Mm -hmm. I really think our emotions are just indicators, like they're guides of a more refined message within us. Like anger isn't because I should be acting on an anger. It just is like, bring it in. Right. That makes sense. Like there's mm -hmm. some, there, why are you angry? Like what is below it, which is what you're alluding to. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot of people misconstrue what emotions are trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you really have to separate it from the story that's coming up and not believing the narrative from the ego around the emotion or believing the negative thoughts about it, but looking for the deeper, like, why is this surf surfacing? What wants to be looked at? What's the pattern that actually wants to be released here? That's how I like to go about it. Mm. Yeah. Or, I, the, I... or the decision that needs to change or something like that. What What needs to be shifted here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I, that's how I work with myself and, and clients as well. Right. It's around, especially around money since that's my, mm -hmm. my specialty. Um, but those money stories, right. What pattern, what's the pattern, what's the pattern always, um, is what we're looking at. So we have just gone so quickly through that hour um, and I want to give you each, you know, just a moment to where, what's Jen, when is the Fulfillment Foundation dropping? Where can people get teaser information about that? Or where can they go right now 
um because this this episode will drop uh next tuesday tuesday the the 18th um so yeah they can go to the fulfillmentfoundation.com actually it'll be up and launched by then and then our um marketing pieces behind it will start to trickle after that but yeah the website will be up in the different areas and how it comes together and the vision will be there for people to read through it the fulfillment the fulfillmentfoundation.com i'm not sure what i originally said i hope it's that Mm -hmm. you did and then i and then i said the old name and then (laughs) that's why i was like did i just need to do that too fulfillmentfoundation.com easy easy oh so exciting and alex what have you got going on Yeah, I'm really excited to have this new workshop series that I'm leading in May. It's going to be a live virtual intensive workshop on igniting ecstasy in life and business and turning grinding into passionate living. So I'm really excited to be going deeper into that topic and exploring how you can elevate to a higher level with more freedom and joy and alignment in order to create more impact and abundance. So it's going to be a really juicy workshop. I'm very excited for it. I don't have the link yet because it's not live, but follow me on Instagram. Let's connect and I can drop more information. Right. And that's at Alex Purse Glove, purse with no yes. E. Uh, yes, exactly. Glove with purse e. with no E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yep, you got it. So it'll those will be in the show notes, but... Ladies, thank you so much for being here with me. I enjoy it every single time and we'll see you again soon. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah, for having us. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.